Welcome to Equus Farm Calls, where we take horse owners along with us to discuss important topics on equine health and care with industry experts. Today, we're talking to Dr. Allison Gardner about equine wounds. Equus Farm Calls is brought to you in 2022 by Farnham. Admit it, bugs suck. They're the last thing you want hanging around your horse and stable. Our friends at Farnham can help you rid your barn of these annoying, filthy, disease-carrying bad guys. If you're ready for the best way to protect your horse, your stable, and yourself, look to Farnham's No-Fly Zone solution. The people over at Farnham have discovered the best way to set yourself up for success is by fighting on all fronts. With their three-stage approach of block, repel, reduce, you can be sure as flies, mosquitoes, and ticks are kept away. Go to Farnham.com, that's F-A-R-N-A-M.com, to learn more and download a free copy of the Horse Owner's Guide to Creating Your Own No-Fly Zone. Plus, you can find money-saving offers to help you get on your way to a fly-free zone. Farnham, your partner in fly control. I'm Kim Brown, group publisher of the Equine Health Network. Dr. Cardner is a DVM and a diplomate of the American College of Veterinary Surgeons Large Animal and a diplomate of the American College of Veterinary Emergency and Critical Care Large Animal. She's an assistant professor in clinical equine surgery, Department of Veterinary Clinical Science at The Ohio State University. Thank you, Dr. Gardner, for joining us today on Equus Farm Calls to talk about equine wounds. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me. As a horse owner myself, I know I, I sometimes get just a little bit panicked when uh, when we see our horses cut and bleeding and injured. But let's just first talk about what are some of the most common wounds we see in horses? Yeah, of course. And, and wounds are one of the most common emergencies we see both on, in the field and at the hospital. So uh, horses like to run into things at high speeds, and they also like to roll with abandon near fence post, et cetera. So the things we see here at the hospital or our field services on, on emergency in the field are often face wounds and then distal limb wounds. Horses near high tensile wire may get their foot caught and because they're fight or flight animals, they'll often keep pulling that foot trying to get it out of that fencing rather than waiting for somebody to extricate themselves, which can result in some pretty nasty lacerations. They do also sometimes get body wounds. Horses try to fit through doorways. They may not be able to fit through and catch their sides or their hips on door handles. Um, We see those a little less than distal limb wounds, face wounds, um, because of horses running into things. In regard to the face, we see a lot of wounds associated with the lips just because horses are use their lips for prehension. They may ca- catch them on buckets. And similarly, eyelid lacerations because horses have these eyes that are on the side of their head like goldfish, and they can catch those eyelids on, on again, a lot of door handles, bucket handles, etc. Um, the nice thing about face wounds, neck wounds, trunk wounds, is those are areas with really, really high blood supply. So those usually heal pretty darn well, even if the wounds under high tension has a risk of of falling apart a little bit, even when sutured by your veterinarian. Distal limb wounds are a little tougher. They've just got a lot less blood supply to them, and there's just a lot less 
extra skin in that area. So that's when we worry about things like proud flesh, exuberant granulation tissue, especially if those wounds have uh, skin that, that upon the laceration is unhealthy just because it's been abraded, it's been bruised when it got caught in that fencing, or if it gets infected, or if the suture that your veterinarian did uh, dehisses or, or what we call fall apart, which is not the fault of the, the veterinarian usually. It's usually because of that poor blood supply in that area with less soft tissue in the area. Yeah, and this is probably a good time to remind owners that uh, to check if you're, you're hanging buckets anywhere for feed or water, just check those sharp points. Take some electrical tape and wrap around them. I don't care if they've got the little rubber things stuck on those sharp little tips of the bucket handles. They'll come off. Uh, she says from experience of having a horse lacerated eyelid. So, yep, yep, absolutely. And and always check stalls for for sharp, um, sharp objects, but also know that horses can lacerate themselves in padded stalls as well. I've seen that. <laughs> Well, that is the truth. Yeah, I, I will put a plug in, though, that uh, my my veterinarian was um, she she was an excellent veterinarian. But when my mare cut her eyelid, um, she had a surgeon. We took her in and had it repaired. And you unless you looked really hard, you could not tell it. So it never really interfered with anything. And and I think that was probably some of the best money I ever spent was taking her in and having a really good surgery done on that eyelid. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Kim. I think uh, while we're on the topic of eyelid laceration, there's just a couple of techniques that you can do with an eyelid laceration to to keep the suture away from that eye, to keep, to keep it from ulcerating that eye, and to, like you said, really recover the lid integrity so it opposes well so you can't see that that laceration was ever there. Your veterinarian recommends for a wound that, hey, why don't we take this into the referral hospital? Take them up on it. it it's Yes, it's going to cost you a little more money, but you will be happy in the long run when you don't have a big scar or issues, especially if it's around the eye. So just a, a little personal uh, experience there that came out well. And speaking of wounds and horse owners, so what should an owner have on hand to treat minor wounds? A horse owner should have a couple of things on hand, both to treat minor and potentially major wounds, because bandaging may really protect a wound, even in the time it takes for your veterinarian to get out to the farm. There's two major vascular bundles that run down each leg on the medial and lateral surface. Uh, the medial and lateral palmar in the front, plantar in the hind arteries and veins are, are major blood vessels. And if a horse lacerates those, they can lose a significant amount of blood. So I always re recommend horse owners have bandaging material on hand. Uh, Kim asked me to do a bandaging webinar um, for veterinarians that is on the equimanagement site. And I think it Hopefully it explains how to put a good compression bandage on. If you don't have bandaging on hand, then go ahead and use a, a quilt and a polo if you see a, a good amount of blood loss from a laceration on a distal limb. That compression just really helps with what we call hemostasis or blood clotting of that area. Otherwise, in, in other areas, uh, for minor wounds, so wounds that are 
say full thickness, it lacerates the skin, but no concerning anatomical features underneath, um, then I usually, if it's one of my client's horses or one of my own horses, I will clip and clean the area. So I'll just clip the laceration. That keeps hair from the laceration. It also helps identify maybe smaller lacerations in the area that you might not see, especially if it's this time of year, horses are still a little shaggy. Clean it with either a dilute chlorhexidine scrub or a dilute betadine scrub. Only use betadine if it's on the face as chlorhexidine can uh, be injurious to, to the cornea if it gets in the eye. But betadine's a pretty good uh, cleansing solution for those minor wounds. And if it's on the neck, on the trunk, those usually heal up just fine. Well, that's some good tips. And since you mentioned you're up, and that was a very good little webinar, that was, that was very informative. I will put a link in the article on equusmagazine.com where this podcast will be shown so that you can just click on the article link. So you can go to equusmagazine.com, look under the Equus Farm Calls for the Wounds podcast. And on that little article, I'll make sure and put a link so you can go find it on the veterinarian website because it was it was very useful. So thank you for that. I want to ask one more time again, because I mean, horse owners, you get a little excited. Chlorhexidine, try and keep it away from the face because it's not good for the eyes. Betadine, and again, both diluted pretty much everywhere. And you can ask your veterinarian how to dilute these solutions. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Kim. Um, And as far as topical applications after cleaning the wound, a triple antibiotic for minor wounds would be just fine. And you may see more and more veterinarians start to use honey on wounds, um, which is, is an interesting topical ointment that people have been using for for burn victims for a long time and that has some antibacterial properties as well. It's not something I necessarily see owners needing to have on hand, but it might be one of those things that your veterinarian talks to you about as a topical wound application too that's that's got some interest. Yeah, and that's that's not the honey you buy at the local grocery store. It's this is not, a special no. honey, right? Yeah, this is this is honey that that is sure to not have any bacteria within it and it's got a it's honey from a special kind of flower called manuka honey that's got the best uh, best antibacterial properties within an antimicrobial I should say. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting and they've had some good research that shows the, the properties work on this. But again, just just to to warn owners, this is not go get the honey you used to sweeten your tea this morning off your cabinet shelf. This is something special. So let's go on. Is there anything else that owners should have on hand to treat minor wounds? Yeah, that's a, I think the bandaging material is the biggest thing. And then, um, and then I think just the knowledge to know when wounds are serious enough to call in a referring veterinarian or your own veterinarian. Um, I think in regard to that, anatomy matters a lot. Um, there's there's some pretty significantly superficial joint capsules, especially on the lower limb, the distal limb, so that what looks like a small, you know, one inch laceration around the fetlock can be a big deal if it communicates with that joint. So I think with, with the advent of cell phones, um, after you clip and clean that wound as a horse owner, it's 
really nice to have horse owners send pictures of the wound to their veterinarians to say, is this in an area I need to worry about, even though the wound doesn't seem like a big deal? Because uh, missing a wound that communicates with a joint can result in in lameness that, that can persist for the rest of life because of arthritis secondary to that joint infection. Um, so otherwise, we talked about anatomical knowledge of of lid lacerations, uh, eyelid lacerations is a reason to call call your vet, and also a knowledge of, of blood loss in the horse. So horses have about, for, for an average 1,000-pound horse, they've got about 10 gallons of blood total. So that's a lot. Um, I would definitely call your veterinarian if you see more than one to two gallons of, of blood loss uh, secondary to a laceration. That's when we need to consider things like IV fluids to to get that horse back to volume or potentially even a blood transfusion necessitating referral to a hospital. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty critical. And Again, this kind of goes back to make sure that you have a relationship with a veterinarian. I know we're speaking to a very experienced audience, but we know that it's getting harder and harder now to find uh, veterinarians if you don't have a relationship with them that will come out for an emergency call. So you need to make sure that you've got a a very good relationship with a veterinarian who will handle on-farm farm emergencies or you have transportation to get to a referral center in your area. That's such a good point, Kim, because we're just, uh, uh, there's less and less equine vets out there. And and luckily, we've got wonderful owners that are willing to do more and more for their horses. I'll also put in a plug that Ohio State um, is one of those institutions, as are a lot of university hospitals, which will take emergencies without a veterinary referral. So if your vet can't get out because they're dealing with another emergency, you can always bring your horse in, in to, to us at any time of day or night. And um, a lot of these lacerations that we're seeing, we don't, we don't hospitalize the horses. So we can also treat it as more of like an urgent care facility where we evaluate the wound, make sure it doesn't involve anything critical, uh, suture it up and then get your horse back out the door to you. And that is a great point, Dr. Gardner, because, you know, while they're, you know, referral hospitals, you know, uh, uh, like the Ohio State University aren't available everywhere. If you've got one in your area, keep them in mind because that can be a great um benefit to you if like Dr. Gardner said if your veterinarian is out in the middle of some other emergency and can't make it to your place and you're concerned you can haul in so you know that's again that's another call to maybe talk to your veterinarian about and ask them what you know they prefer if if you can't get in touch with them so good point Dr. Gardner so i want to go back and just one more time, kind of cover what wounds as a veterinarian do you consider emergencies? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, the wounds I consider emergencies are the ones that result in significant blood loss. And again, a, a, a gallon or two of blood loss is a lot of blood. Um, so usually I'll, I'll Ask owners when they call in to quantify the amount of blood they see, how many how many buckets it could fill, because uh, horses can bleed a lot without it being too much of a concern. The 
the other thing that I concern I I consider are our major wounds are those that are associated with the underlying critical structures. So um, eyelids and then over joints and then also over over the thorax and, and abdomen. And some of those wounds can look very small. I think the ones that get us into the most trouble, both as horse owners and veterinarians, are puncture wounds. So the wound is very small, but it was caused by a nail, caused by a stick, and it goes very deep. So either into the, the, the chest, the abdomen, or into a joint. So, so again, send an, an image of the laceration to your veterinarian if there's any concern at all. I also would recommend an owner evaluate the horse because owners know their horses best. If you think that your horse is dull, depressed, um, because of an acute laceration, then probably something more is going on. And then horses are amazingly stoic and tough creatures, at least compared to me, in that they shouldn't be all that lame, even with a nasty looking laceration. So if there's significant lameness associated with a laceration, then that's also a sign to an owner that there's something else going on other than just a laceration of the skin. Well, that's a that's a great point. Thank you for, for bringing that up. And again, you do emergency and critical care. You're a surgeon. Is there any other tips or advice that you have for horse owners when it comes to wounds? Yeah, and, and I think um, this is to set owner expectations as well as uh, to hopefully protect me and those equine vets out there. And that's that the the wound is going to look the best. It's going to look right after it's repaired by your veterinarian. When when they're done suturing, a wound can look really terrific. But unfortunately, because of the inflammatory process that the wound undergoes as part of normal healing, and because horses just don't have that much excess skin, and so these wounds are often repaired under tension, the wound has a chance of falling apart, dehissing, um, losing its sutures at about five to seven days. So five to seven days after suturing, I usually have the owner send me another image or have um, the vet recheck the wound just to see if if those sutures are holding. And then we usually remove those sutures in a horse that that can tolerate suture removal at 12 to 14 days. That's when skin is mostly healed at that point. But I, I tell owners, we can't declare victory after suturing up a wound. We can de- start to declare victory at about a week after after closure. Now that's a, a good tip. And that is that does set expectations because I, I've been in that same point where you, you get them back and they look, oh, that, that looks great. And then it starts the skin starts pulling apart and the stitches start looking a little weird and the vet's like, no, that's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm, so, yeah, yeah, just yeah. do that ahead of time. Yeah. So great. Okay. Well, thank you again, Dr. Gardner, for giving us some great information today on Equus Farm Calls. <clears throat> and we thank our audience for joining us today. And we welcome your input. And if you have suggestions or comments, feel free to contact me at kbrown, that's the letter K Brown at equinenetwork.com. Equus Farm Calls is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity, the Equine Network, LLC. 